What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast, a third straight somber edition. The Dogs went into Cedar Falls with their third straight defeat. Ben Jacobson indeed got his record-setting win for the Missouri Valley. He is officially the GOAT, and we had a feeling this was going to happen, but of course the Dogs did it in only the fashion they could make it really close to where they should have actually won. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And, Noah, this was a really interesting game. We we knew coming in, like, you know, they're going to win. You and I are going to win, no doubt, with what they had going on with everything I said. We watched this together, and it was kind of just, a, a, you know, a tale of how the opportunities. I mean, we'll talk about near the end. This is yet another game that we've had the ball in our hands to – to tie, take the lead, or do something, and relatively played well, even though you and I, I think, at times didn't play up to what they had been. But they were a hot team, and they gave us our third straight loss. What's going on? Yeah, obviously, going into this one, that we kind of are obviously preseason going into the McLeod Center and going into Cedar Falls, is, you almost guarantee you chalk it up to a loss unless – Different situations come up, and going into this one, they, I mean, late January into February, then into March. I mean, this is why he is the GOAT. Ben Jacobson continues to have his teams always finding the way to play their best basketball and find a way to win games in games they probably shouldn't sometimes. But, yeah, I mean, going into this one, you you get a look at the end. Uh, the first look to coming out of a timeout wasn't a great one, I, in my opinion, drawing up that play. But that the look X had, I mean, our defense kept us in this one. Luckily, then obviously, just obviously looking at the box score, their poor free throw shooting, which I, I wouldn't think a team like that will ever shoot like that again in the second half. I mean, they were 9 of 19 for 47%. They'll never shoot that. Especially at home, they'll never shoot that bad again. No, and it's it stinks because when a team is out of their norm in any way, especially like we said on the preview, like you can't expect them to have these kinds of weird instances because they're so buttoned down, they're so disciplined, they're so blue collared, kind of that Northern Iowa has always been. That yeah, something that they did really, really well, they did not do well, and that was near the end of the game, gave us chances. We'll, we'll dive into the last, like, five minutes of the game. I wanted to go through some of that play-by-play, and we'll get into some of the crazy stuff that happened near the end there and some of the things that stuck out itself. Uh, but going into this game, we we knew something pregame that was shocking. Uh, no Trey Miller. Uh, the personnel report for Saluki Radio randomly just said that. I didn't. We didn't listen to the radio at the time to see if they would have said it on there. I'm sure they did. And he was in street clothes throughout the whole game, and we haven't got any, you know, indication about – you know, what would have happened. Um, you know, nobody, of course, going to ask about it after the game. No one's going to talk about it more during, or before the game and, and such. And we don't know what what could happen. And we're still speculating. It's have no idea. And whether he would have played a lot or not. This was – you and I was a matchup that they, they obviously have good guards, forwards. They have a lot of them. So, it's okay. Maybe he could have came in here. And as soon as we found out about Trey, it's like, oh, Sheridan could play. And it's like – no, when something like this happens, they usually will stick to a certain guard set. It'll be two or three guys, and then they'll go from there, which stinks because a game like this for Sheridan would have been really cool. But 
as we said from the get-go, he's not going to play in any other conference game the rest of the year. He hasn't played in any. He's only played North Dakota State and USI. So, uh, again, that's its own thing. But found out about that, and then getting up to this game, we know we we played okay in the first half. And the biggest thing of this clearly was X. And, um, you know, he – he, it's continuous with him that he's clearly regressed in his scoring a little bit and things have came a lot more harder for him to get these shots and kudos to their defenders. You know, Ben Jacobson talked on his press room was asked about the defense of Trey Campbell and Nate Heiss and they did really well. Uh, but X doesn't have that explosiveness anymore. We talked about how he's been dealing with the leg injuries, this and that, and he just hasn't been himself. We'll talk about more of that in a second, but Noah, he, I mean, him not scoring in the first half when you had a lead and, you know, even for the final two two minutes of the half, we ended it on a six to one run, and we had that thirty to twenty nine lead. I mean, X did get in double digits before uh, AJ did, excuse me. So AJ and Clarence played really well in the first half. I mean, you know, what what stuck out to you in the, in, in the first half about how the heck we could have had a lead? Because again, if we told anybody if X didn't score in the first half, has it happened all year? If that happened, I think we'd be down twenty five. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, going in, if you would have told me that, uh, it would have been, all right, that's going to be a rough ride in that second half, and it's going to be an uphill battle. Um, but uh, Ben Jacobson talked about it on the coaches' teleconference yesterday. This, Especially that first half, it felt like a, a Valley game from 15 years ago, and that's why he said he loves the Valley so much. He always – Sometimes they get this style of game, and it's an ugly game, and it's a defensive battle, and both teams, it takes so much to just put points on the board. But A.J. and Clarence carrying the weight in that first half. I mean, A.J.'s starting to come around, and obviously he's definitely our number two option um, the way he's coming along. If I wonder where he'd be if it wasn't for that foot injury. Who knows exactly? But um, him and Clarence has continued to evolve, and – be the player we need him to be. He's going to rebound. He's going to get offensive boards and battling his butt off. And he's starting to finish around the rim a little bit better and not really take stupid shots anymore because he's taken some threes this year or he demands the ball and tries to take it one-on-one. Um, but he's cut that out. So, but I mean, Xavier not scoring in that first half, that just shows you why this team is going to, struggle maybe throughout the rest of the year because teams have gotten to, all right, this is what this team did. This is what this team did. And they're going at it. I mean, Bowen, Heiss, Campbell, all over them. And it's just crazy that he ends up with 17 in the end, but zero in the first half. I mean, we were lucky to be in that game. We, we shot poorly from three. We're still living by that three-point line, you shot two of 11 in that first half. Uh, we were perfect from the line. But 44% of the field, we held them to only 39% shooting that first half. So we kept them at bay and had that one-point lead. Yeah, it's it's shocking because, again, two of 11 from three and X didn't score, we'd be out 25. And I think that's a it's clearly a positive. I mean, you're on at a place, again, you don't win at a team who's red hot – and the team that they are with the coach that that is, and X didn't score and you managed to be up one. I mean, the luck that happens throughout a basketball game, but also like, you know, it's, it's giving credit when it's due, like in a specific game of, you, you know, you're able to tread water and be up one somehow, go on a six to one run in the first half without 
I mean, your ex didn't come out of the game, and he only shot three times and, again, didn't score. But you had – I mean, A.J. and Clarence, they really are our second and third options. I mean, A.J. for sure has emerged. He continued to get looks at the rim perfect from the free throw line. He, I'm sure, him, himself would say, I need to make more threes. He gets decent three looks. Uh, but he's just – he's he's – He's evolving, no doubt. And Brian was asked in the in the oppressor, and it was Harry asking him about people who have you know improved or you know whatever over the course of a time or you know so far this season. And he said AJ, of course, one of them. He said Troy, and he said Troy like in the in the uh, leadership you know example more than like on the court stuff. But he he preached about you know Troy's importance, but he mentioned AJ, and it's clear as day. And we talked earlier today, and I think we've talked off and on that. Ajax should be up for a most improved and you know, they're based off that in the Missouri Valley. He hasn't, he only missed at Indiana state, which matters. We talked, if he, if he was playing that game would have been as worse as it was. We still would have lost, but it wouldn't have been as bad. And other than that, he's played in every game and he's played well for the most part. So I like to see AJ get some, get some uh, recognition for that maybe at the end of the year, but him and Clarence were caring and it, it keeps going with Clarence that he's capable. He just needs to get out of his own way a lot. And, Four for four from the free throw line for him is crazy. And, yeah, eight rebounds. So, overall, it was a solid half. Again, we we didn't expect to be up, but that we did. And then, you know, throughout most of the second half, it was pretty much, uh, you know, back and forth. You know, we, we were still hanging with them a little bit. We, you know, we got up a little bit. They got up a little bit. And both teams started to come back. Uh, but, no, there was a stretch there. Let's talk about this final stretch. It was like the last five or so minutes of the second half, and it was right whenever Jarrett uh, hit a three, and it gave us the lead. Trent had a three, you know, close to before that got us within, and then, like I said, Jarrett hit that hit that left corner three, and then next thing you know, right back. It's like, hey, let's get a stop. Let's go from here under five minutes for, you know, under four is coming up. Bowen hits a three, guy right in his face, and, you know, stuff starts to happen here. There was X turned it over. And then Bowen had a layup, got an easy drive. So next thing you know, they're up four. And then it was a timeout. We came out and then uh, I think it was on a fast break or something, but High Scott, you know, underneath the rim and, and got a dunk. So then we're up six. So we thought the game was over uh, for the most part right now. And we kept turning it over. And this is when you said with the free throws that they started, the, Bowen went one for two. And he was 96% on the season, which is crazy. X got a steal on a layup. So, okay, we, we kept it within five. And then there was no scoring until Bowen uh, went one for two once again. And then we had bad shots. And you said, Noah, the, the, the play drawn up was when we came out of the timeout, 30-second mark, down six. And they had one of those elevator screens or just a play for Troy that you would see from Trent. And Troy got a top of the key three and missed it. We're like, what kind of play is that? Uh, we foul Heisey. He made both of his. And then X comes down both times and shoots, you know, volleyball. Well, back in the day, we'd say volleyball line threes, almost, you know, center court threes almost, and nails them both. That kept us in it for a while. Pac had, you know, one for two from the free throw line. X made that second three. So we're, th- so we're within three. And then Noah, there's, uh, you know, Titan misses both free throws. You know, Scotty was in, got the rebound. X then misses a three. And, Take us through the end of this. You know, if I'm looking at the play-by-play here, you know, in accordance to when it happened. You know, there was a play that you don't – we see in basketball a lot. It's – the term is used in college basketball. And it, it, I think it's it's a perfect note for this bad stretch that we're on, let alone our season itself. You know, we had the looks there near the end, and it came down to X and a couple of shots. But that one 
that ended up going towards the jump ball that totally just killed everything for us. And again, he had the look, he had the chance, and he couldn't come through for us. Yeah, it's it's back to back games of him not coming through for us and having a good look, and it just sucks. It was a little too late because if he hits a couple threes before that, you could have maybe played with the way they were shooting free throws, had a more better chance and easier time to set something up. But yeah, it came down pump fake on Bowen and had a great look, but it wedgies and on the in between the rim and backboard, and it's just deflating feeling having that because once he once he got him up in the air and had a clear look after his last two threes you're like all right he's making this one but unfortunately he missed or he wedged it and they it was their possession and they get it then bowen ices the cake when he makes a, a one of two again so bowen poor free throw shooting like i said they ended up uh for the night very poor free throw shooting 18 of 31 58% at home. That's that's not good. And we ended up 92%, 11 of 12. So free throws wise, they almost uh, tripled us. But obviously the refs weren't as good. And for both both ways, they weren't weren't good in this game. We're used to it in the Missouri Valley with these types of games and officials. But it just sucks. The chances you have in this game, I mean, 14 turnovers is just way too many turnovers, missed opportunities in this game. We're still, like I said earlier, we're living by the three. And when you're shooting six of 26 for 23% on the game, uh, you're not going to do very good in that. And as a team, I'm trying to think, I mean, drawing up the play for Troy, I had a major issue with. He's the guy that, I mean, just that night he was, two of nine from the floor, one of six from three and the three he hit. And I think it was early in the game was a good look. And it was a corner three where he did it. Then it's just at, at some time you got to feel like, all right. I mean, obviously Trent had one of those games at Illinois state. We're going to have some threes to go in, but as a team, I mean, it's still crazy as a team. We're still shooting 37% from three. It doesn't feel that way. It feels like we're shooting like 27%, but, um, too many wasted opportunities down the stretch and it's just we knew it was going to be a battle and obviously going into it guys like that I mean Bowen Bourne after after Jared hit that three I'm like all right get a stop and we can get something going here and where we want to put him in a position to where they have to be under the pressure and I mean Jared was in his face and he Jared's Jared's linked he just hits it over him you're just like when, when I mean, it's nothing against X, but when's he going to hit that kind of shot? Because we've meted some shots down the stretch for him, and obviously he hit two big ones at the end of this game to even give us a chance. But that last one, I thought it was definitely going in after he hit two in a row there. Yeah, how many times have we said now it's back-to-back games of him kind of on the right side of the court and fading right? He didn't look overly comfortable. You know, he gets these wide-open looks, and – Again, it, it's really hard to pick apart, uh, you know, him missing and saying, like, he didn't come through or something when he's been our entire team all year. But, again, it's it's kind of the nitty-gritty and to the point where clearly it's it's worth criticizing. And, you know, again, if – and I mean, Clarence didn't even score in the second half. AJ only scored twice. And X scoring all of his 17 in the second half. We relied on him 
a time, but it just shows that like once he starts to get going, that's when everybody else doesn't do their thing. And if you kind of even everything out, don't ISO as much and play as a team. And if all three of those guys get within 15 points then you win, and especially with them missing their free throws and everything, it just, you had this game in the bag and I mean, Troy didn't even score in the, in the second half either. So again, your scoring itself plummeted. You ended up shooting 37% as a team and, you know, continuously, yeah, the three-point shooting, I agree. I mean, we were an amazing three-point shooting team at the start of the year. That's whenever Jovan was playing a lot. He was hitting them. He wasn't in his funk. And everyone, I mean, Kennard was hitting them at a nice level. Kennard's numbers have plummeted as well, you know, just with opportunity and minutes as what well, you know. So, but, I mean, we out-rebounded them, which – not to say that's totally anything crazy with the UNI team. They have Hudson, you know, Duax had his moments in this game, of course, where it's like he had it circled on the calendar of I've been struggling all year, but goodness, I'll be good in that game. And we're at home and, um, you know, Heist played good once again. So everyone that we know about played well for them in the rebounding department. You know, Titan, of course, is who he is. Titan had a really good game. Uh, it just it's it, it just shows that, again, this team is – they have – they show, like, you know, we can beat anybody. We can win. I mean, when you're playing with Drake and then you can't stop a play, you lose. Bradley, you have a huge lead. You look great. And then you plummet. You blow a lead. And then this game – we arguably could be 3-0. and And I'd, I'd, I'd say 2-1 and because the Drake game got away from me. The other two were at hand for sure. And, you know, when you and I turned us over, they were able to score. I mean, we had 14 turn – or turnovers to and they transfer and I got it to 14 points off of it so and and the look itself it's like how does this how is that a wedgie though you know you see it's rarely in basketball and it comes in one of the biggest plays ever or of this season and you know again the look he had the step back on Malavai he had the look here the open and it just stinks because you win the game Bradley if he hits it and you tie this one probably goes to overtime and it's it's devastating again this team you know, needed to thrive not only on home wins, but thrive on games where you can maybe steal them. And they're going to come few and far between. And again, at a place like this where you, where you don't win, you had a chance. And I remember saying in the, I think it was halftime and maybe game day as well. It's like steal this one, like kind of shock everybody and do what we don't expect and try to steal it. And they had their chances, but of course didn't. Uh, but again, we out rebounded them and did a couple other things well, but you just could not score consistently in the second half, even though you kept with them. Yeah, it was kudos to our defense. I agree. Our defense played well in this one, but, um, again, all for not as the dogs fall short, uh, it's kind of unbelievable. And it, it, it begs to wonder because X didn't get anything going in the first half. We're wondering if he's hurt or he's already wearing down. That's clearly been you know, a topic of discussion amongst just us in general. It's like, well, no one he's going to wear down. And then Bradley, he's hurt. And it's like, it, it's clearly happening. And and Noah, get your final thoughts on the game here and anything else that stuck out to you at the end. But it seems like X is wearing down. I mean, he's hurt, but why is he hurt? The volume, the load, and it's all of it's getting to him, coming off the injury in the offseason. It's all getting to him now. He's now the third lean scorer in the country. Not that that fully matters to the point. It just shows his regression. And no, is there any way in your eyes that X, you know, he'll continue to be awesome in his own way, but clearly he's taking a step. I mean, the Valley can do that to you, you know, to make it where you're not as great. I think we can still pin him in for first team and he'll carry us in most games, games that we know we should win the rest of the way. But do you think this is a sign of X wearing down your final thoughts overall? I mean, I, I, we've been talking about it or talking about it for a while that him, Troy, 
Trent. They're gonna wear it down at some point, and it continues. It continues to happen because they refuse to uh, use their depth they have. I mean, if, if I keep mentioning it here, here and there, but I mean, if we go back to the preseason. Brian Mullins, you said this is the most talented team you've ever had, whether you were just blowing smoke at your team right there or you actually meant it because there's actually times you could maybe, all right, I see that where he's coming from. But, yeah, he's definitely wearing down. I think Troy's wearing down, and I think Trent's wearing down because you see it. I mean, obviously, shooting numbers, it's showing with those three players. They um, they combined for nine for, I think it was – close to nine for like 41 or something. I mean, they were for three, they were four for 17 the other nine. You shot six to 26. So it's showing in the, just the style of play. It's always been that way under Brian, the style of play throughout the season. It's, it's wear and tear and playing in this league and playing in games like the other night where, especially for X, the teams are, the way they were hedging those screens or doubling the screens, I mean, it's going to happen every night, and teams are going to throw everything in their toolbox at them, and they're starting to figure some things out that what works, and it obviously showed, and I mean, it clearly shows. I whatever goes on at halftime, I mean, you mentioned it. Clarence didn't score in the second half. AJ scored two. I mean, whatever the opponent's seen and adjusting and we're just not doing the same stuff. It's clearly our staff is getting, like I said before, coach circles around continuously, and it shows you that in this league there's great coaches, and our staff's record against those great great coaches is not good, and it's going to continue that way until they figure something else out. Yeah, and that's what's crazy. Again, you have so many chances. Like It still comes down to the wire. Like once we don't adjust and things start to spiral and you still give yourself a chance, you know, Bradley, you had a 20 point lead. I'd hope that you can sustain something and not have a full comeback. Next thing you know, you're, you're losing by 10 or something. And then this game, like it seemed like you're not adjusting. You didn't adjust and you still have a chance to win. It's kind of crazy that if you adjust a little bit, you win. It's, it's, it's mind boggling. It really is. So, you know, you know, the last two games here, after losing three straight, the last two coming by combined five points. Out of the seven losses this year, five have been by five points or less, with four of those five having a shot to win, force OT in closing seconds. And that is via Luke Martin. So it just shows it's, you know, this team's close to, again, how many times every year do we say you should have won that game? And there's times you could say you should have lost that game, 100%. There's times where you say you escaped and you won, but – when you barely lose, it's like you should have stole that one, and and your your wins pile up near the end a lot bigger than what you would expect even. And I just had a closing thing here. Um, it's just going off of what I predicted in the preseason of a twenty and eleven season that requires this team going eight and four the rest of the way. And if I were to dive deep to not diving deep, just point now which ones you can afford to lose the rest of the way, and they're they're going to lose. They're going to lose more than this, but I'm challenging them to only lose at least a max of four the rest of the way. And those are the games we've kind of know about and kind of expecting to lose. It's at Bradley, at Drake, at Belmont. And then when they come back and host Indiana State next month. Uh, and that gets you to that 20 win mark. But and just in terms of, you know, whatever that would also get you in conference, you know, eight and four the rest of the way would get you to that 12 and eight, as I also predicted. And it's just like there's still a chance for it. And those four games are tough and you can – 
you write them down as losses potentially, but you need to take care of business the rest of the way because everything else the rest of the way isn't overly difficult. Like you've got through some of your hard stretches. There's still tough stretches where you, you know, an iffy team and then a good team and it kind of, you're a really good team and it, and it goes that way, but uh, they have a chance here to still try to win 20 games, which, you know, again, uh, we'd expect them to lose more than four games. It just, it's knowing how tough these games are, but I'm going to challenge the team to try to finish to that overall record. We'll see if that comes to fruition. So a tough one and we, and we move on. We'll talk about Valpo at the end, but no, let's talk about the other games that happened Recently, there's some games going tonight as we speak here coming up, uh, and then talk about the uh, the ones as well coming up this weekend. Yes, um, some games from last weekend. Belmont on the road at Bradley. We knew Belmont going on the road is not always good thing for them, and they get beat 95-72 in Carver Arena. Duke Dean, 25 points. For Bradley Braves, still no Jacoby Gillespie for the Bruins. He is out of his hard cast, so um, he's continuing to progress. We'll see exactly what happens with him. Uh, K. Tyson, 23 points for the Bruins there. Illinois State goes on the road and beats Dana Ford and the Bears, 22 points by Darius Burford, uh, 19 for uh, Clay for the Bears. I wonder if it's starting to – get to Dana at all because it's they're they're starting to struggle more and more. Um that's a team we've yet to see this season. UIC went on the road and played pretty good basketball game, kind of blew it late. They had a five point lead at halftime. 84-77 loss of uh the Beacons who we play tomorrow night. Um Scoble had 15, Jones had 18 to lead the way for the Flames. 19 and 9 for Schweiger. He's marked stamped his way onto that freshman first team. Um for them and put himself in the running for that freshman of the year. Then the last one, Evansville at Drake, 97-48 blowout. Darnell Brody led the way with 18 points for the Bulldogs, 10 rebounds for him as well. Nine of nine from the field, did not miss a shot. So um, he didn't have to play. He only played 19 minutes in that one because that was a 54-20 to game at halftime. Just awful blowout. Then on Sunday, one I got to watch the full game of, um, a lot of you was probably watching football, but 72-63 road win for the Trees over Murray State. Murray State's a really tough place to play. We know Bradley went down there earlier in the year and got beat. Robbie Avila, 20 points, seven rebounds, five assists for him. Then on the Murray State side, Nick uh, Nick Ellington continues to play very good basketball, 17 points, 10 rebounds for him, and then Quincy Anderson, 21 points. So those two guys playing really good for the Racers. Uh, I think I mentioned it last podcast, but Rob Perry continues to struggle. One of eight shooting that night for him, four points. So he's not the guy we saw last year. Then you mentioned two games tonight. Belmont goes on the road. Again, at Illinois State, Illinois State two-point favorites. Can they build off that? road win um i think so i mean it's gonna be i think it ends up a close game then evansville on the road at u and i uh no ben hummer cows in that one i just seen that on twitter so 14 point favorite for the panthers i would almost say that's gonna happen then tomorrow night murray state on the road at bradley and carver on cbs sports network bradley favored by nine and a half on that one Indiana State goes up to takes a trip to Chicago, um, 
Indiana State favored by 10.5 on the road. Then Trake takes a trip down to Springfield, Missouri. Uh, they are seven points on the road at Missouri State. I mean, that's a team that Drake struggled with in the last couple of years. I think Dana swept them last year. So um, that's one to watch. Dana's starting to coach for his job. So exactly to see what happens in that one tomorrow night. But after we hop off here, there's to uh definitely that first one belmont illinois state will be interesting to watch but evansville you and i especially without hummer cows i don't think that one's worth watching no and even you know last year and then this year i mean evans has got the you know the edge over you and i in some of these games which is kind of crazy so uh you're right though without him they're not going to win you know at you and i but it could be interesting and the other one is as well i mean going back real fast i mean it's crazy how belmont they have more blown out losses than anybody I think in the league outside of Evansville's took Evansville's took a lot. I mean, you can't lose by, you can't lose by as many as you scored. That's what Evansville did against Drake. So I think Evansville, Valpo and Belmont have all, a lot of their losses on the season and definitely in the Valley have been via blowout. Um, it's interesting to talk about, you know, Valpo here, they're on a, they're on a stretch and it's you know a good stretch ever since they, you know, they came back on us and we ended up winning, but ever since then they've they've been pretty good. So that'll be, you know, interesting to talk about. Yeah, Indiana State. I watched a little bit of that game as well. And Murray had their chance until they didn't near the very end. I think they said Kent uh and somebody else were hobbled at the end of that one, but Shirt said they're good. Uh and then some of those other ones as well. Uh, as you said, coming up, I agree. Dana is fighting for his job and he does have Drake's number as well. So could be interesting there. Uh and just the Indiana State at UIC, Noah, because, you know, there's been people talking because DePaul just fired their coach and people are already listing, you know, certain candidates. And we hadn't talked about it yet. We, you know, we talked amongst ourselves a little bit about some people who think Travis Ford's gone at SLU after this year, which seems likely. People were mentioning Josh Shirt's name for that. And then now with DePaul and the ins and outs of if he were to do that, he could bring Robbie Avila with him, Chicago ties. There's a lot of those conversations happening and, the irony that they're, they'll be in Chicago. So some DePaul people will be able to see shirts in person. And again, it's been a topic of discussion. There's been some other people's names involved too. People are tweeting about our coach, which doesn't seem likely in a lot of different facets, but people have also mentioned Brian Wardle's name, a lot of names to keep an eye out for a lowly big East school, but it is in Chicago. We'll keep monitoring those, but that'll be interesting in itself quickly here. Um, standings update. Uh, Drake and Drake and Indiana State still seven and one. Bradley Red Hot six and two. You and I and Murray five and three. Us and Belmont four and four. Illinois State the only three and five. Missouri State two and six. Evansville two and six. Valpo two and six. And you you UIC still on the cellar. And then quickly net rankings. There's been a uh, we went down three spots from where we were. You and I went up six spots. So they're right ahead of us at one hundred three and one hundred four. Uh, and then Indiana State went up four spots to 26. Avila was on field of 68 last night, so they're getting all the attention in the world. Drake up 20 spots up to 44. So we got two top 50 teams, two top 45 teams in net. It's kind of crazy. So Valley's in a good spot. A lot of bracketologies have had both Drake and Indiana State on it, so hopefully that trajectory stays that way. Uh, Noah, so let's talk about Valpo for the second time here. Like I said, they've – They've definitely turned it on. You know, like I said, they came back on us in the second half. We were able to escape. But ever since then, they have two loss or two wins. And, you know, be it who they who it is against. And I mean, they beat a team on the road that just went into Missouri State and could fight with Belmont, as we said, in Illinois State. I mean, Rogers has had these guys playing confident. He said that, you know, we're fighting and 
we're confident ourselves. So, no, they'll be coming in here looking to do some things that would lead to cat to more ca- uh, catastrophe in a way if they were to pull this off. But they they've been they've been a good team. They've, they're on a good stretch. What have they been doing the last little bit? Yeah, I mean, Roger talked about they're starting to figure some things out, and obviously since that since that 1908 mark in that second half where we had a 47-24 lead and we saw that lead slip into single digits because X got in foul trouble, um, they, they've played some pretty good basketball. They go on the road, knock off Illinois State. Then they go on the road and they play Evansville really tight, lose by three. I think that's the only game Hummerkhouse – is played in that one, but uh, then they go back home and they get a seven-point win over UIC. I mean, they're starting to play really good basketball and starting to figure figure it out. I mean, playing with Isaiah Stafford, finally getting back in the flow of things, averaging 17 a game, then Jackson Edwards starting to look good, and uh, obviously Diavaro De- is a top, top guard in this league. Um, he's right up there with X and assists per game, so definitely going to be – Obviously, tougher than people think. I think Vegas has its favored by 14 points. I, I would, if I were to bet, I am pounding the house, put my house on that plus 14 because I think they come in here and the way Schwieger, the freshman, and some of those guys starting to step up for Roger and his staff. Uh, they're looking pretty good down the stretch and um, gonna play you tough just the way the style of play. But I think we get this, get the job done. And if I were pick a dog of the game, I'm going to go with Troy D'Amico. I mean, it feels like you and I have been switching back and forth here and there between Troy and Trent, feels like, but trying to mix in some other guys. But the other guys we pick aren't getting the opportunities to play because um, we've cut our most talented team under Brian down to feels like six guys almost, seven guys up most nights. But um, the other guys, I don't even count the guys that play one or two minutes. So I'm going to say Troy, he's got a good, he's got a big matchup with Schwieger to keep him limited. Um, but I feel like he can come back home. Um, I'm sure he's been in the gym and get some shots up and we need Troy. I mean, him and X have so much on their shoulders. Brian talked about him in the presser yesterday saying, uh, He's one of the most guys that have stepped up this season, obviously a lot with a leadership role. We know the shots haven't really been falling for him, but if he takes the right shots in this offense and not too quick shots and threes in transition or anything like that, he's capable of knocking them down. Like he shot, he didn't shoot the volume he did is, is this year, but last year he shot 40% from three. Um, I think if he shoots the volume he is, I think he can be in that, mid thirties percentage from three and shoot it with confidence because we need this kid because he's talented as ever and he's continued to grow. But he, like I said, he's been him X and Troy or Trent has been run into the ground, but um, he's got a key matchup with Schwieger, I think. Yeah. Schwieger's awesome. And he's red hot. I mean, we know what Stafford can do. Diavaro killed us last time and, you know, that was at their place, and they're going to come in here with confidence, not only just what they've been doing, but because they got some talent and guys are starting to play well. And, you know, they they become deep in a certain way, and just guys are just playing well. And uh, I like your Troy pick. Again, if we're picking guys that aren't the top two, AJ and AJ and X are off limits here. And I was trying to think of one myself, and just because Scotty had 14 against them last game, I'm going to go with him because if he can get in here, I mean, they're going to put in Jerome Palm as well, and you got Schwieger and you got others – and uh, Sep and stuff. So I think, you know, Scotty comes in and plays well again. Uh, so I'm going to go with him. I, I was leaning Kennard because I just want Kennard to break out 
and just a, a small way in terms of on the board and get back to his confident self where he can get us like five points and play really good defense and shut a team down. And you said plus the 15 or 14. I agree. I think, but it, it would be right to say the minus because this team got absolutely, I mean, just the way that Bradley game ended the vibes in that place we talked about on the last one and just how you blowing a lead like that in front of your fans. And now you're giving $5 tickets at space jam night or whatever. And you're counting on people to come here. And the rainy days of a Wednesday night, it's like you let the bad taste in everybody's mouth and they have no choice but to – we've been saying that a lot about this team. You have no choice but to go and bounce back. And, you know, it shouldn't be up to a 20-point win, you would think, after that, what they did the last time they were home and how they've been barely losing here in the last little bit. Like, it would make sense. But I'll still take the plus as well. I'm hoping we get it barely, uh, you know, above 10, kind of the same margin of victory as it was at their place. Uh, but that was at their place. So, again, I, I actually might change it and say minus because this team just needs to do it. But Valpo's playing well, so expect it to actually be the plus. And, um, again, just just need this team to bounce back. and get back in the win column, be confident. They're at Murray coming up, a game that we would like to make in the early afternoon potentially and a lot going on that day. But it would just be – because that's a huge game. And, you know, get that confidence going here in a big win against a team you know you should beat pretty bad and just kind of have that trajectory again the rest of the way. So more slap, more slaps in the face, and we'll see how the dogs react at home tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Hope everybody joins us at Banterra. So for Nick Malone. No lurch. As always, let's get off the skid. Go dogs.